Good evening, this is Three Valleys Radio. It's a Friday night and that means it's time for the Bresbet Racing Show. On the show tonight we've got trainers, we've got jockeys, we've got tipsters, we've got all-round experts. And Simon Holt will be here giving us a preview of the Aintree Grand National. So sit back and enjoy, get your pens and papers ready, and hopefully we'll give you a few tips for the weekend. Well, we're going to start, as we always do, with the racing news from Mike Patton. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News with all the news that is the news from the racing media and that includes Racing TV, uh, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. Here's our first story today. Last year's sixth Black Lion and big-priced outsider Poker Party have made the cut for the Randolph's Grand National after the latest confirmation stage on Monday. Chris's dream, a stablemate of Poker Party, has been taken out of Saturday's £1 million race at Antry, meaning last year's winner, Manila Times, will now carry top weight. The Mick Winters-trained Chatham Street lad was the other absentee among the top 40. Highland Hunter had already been scratched after being ruled out with a leg injury, which meant Days Abba, previously 41st on the list, was already guaranteed a run. Black Lion has form figures of 4B6 in the National and will bid to become the first horse since Sergeant Murphy, the 1923 winner, to bag the race at age of 13. The John McConnell-trained go-another-one, who would have been 42nd on the list, was the other horse scratched on Monday. With Poker Party now the bottom weight, the Gordon Elliott-trained Death Duty is officially 41st in the list, with Domaine Delisle in 42nd, and they share the same weight. The final position of those two contenders will be determined by their BHA rating, as opposed to the rating given when the national weights were framed. If those ratings are still the same, and only one can make the field, a random ballot will be used. Eclair Surf, a 14-to-1 chance and officially 43rd on the list, is in the same scenario with Fortescue in 44th, Commodore in 45th, Schoolboy Hours 46th and Romain de Senam 47th are other contenders outside the cut and share a rating of 142. Elliot is 8, guaranteed a run with Escaria 10 and Mount Ida, his other contenders, while owners Gigginstown House Stud have 6 inside the top 40, including General 8-1 favourite Delta Work, Run Wild Fred and Far Class. Classic Chase scorer Eclair Surf needs 3 others to come out, while 100-1 shot Domaine Delisle requires 2 not to be declared. Now here's the full field as it stands. Number one, Manila Times. Number two, Delta Work. Number three, Easy's Land. Number four, Any Second Now. Number five, Run Wild Fred. Number six, Lost in Translation. Number seven, Brahma Bull. Uh, number eight, Battle Over Doyen. Number nine, Barrows Saint. Number ten, Mount Ida. Number eleven, Longhouse Poet. Number 12, Fiddler on the Roof. And 13, Two for Gold. 
the 14 Santini, 15 Sam Crow, and 16 Far Class, 17 Escaria 10, 18 Good Boy Bobby, and 19 Lord Dumesnil, 20 Cocoa Beach, 21 De Rasha Counter, 22 Caribbean Boy, 23 Court Maid, 24 Killed His Art, 25 Disco Rama, 26 Topville Ben, 27 Enjoy Da Allen, 28 Annie Bale Fly, 29 Dingo Dollar, 30 Freewheeling Dylan, 31 Class Conti, 32 Noble Yeats, 33 Mighty Thunder, 34 Cloth Cap, 35 Snow Leopardess, 36 Augusta Gold, 37 Phoenix Way, 38 Days Abba, 39 Black Lion, and 40 Poker Party. The gamble on Betcha Chase heroine Snow Leopardess intensified on Monday with the popular mare into 7-1 to one joint favourite from 9 with Sky Bet for the 2022 Grand National on Saturday. Snow Leopardess, trained by Charlie Longsden and owned by the Fox Pits, was a 14-1 to one shot with the firm four days ago, but continues to shorten as punters put their faith in the grey. She heads the betting with last year's third, any second now with Skybet, and overnight rain at Aintree, easing the going to good to soft, was a positive for her chances. The ten-year-old has a unique history, having given birth to a foal during a two-year hiatus from racing, but has returned to training at the peak of her powers and has won all three starts this season. Skybet's Michael Shinners said on Monday, we went 7-1 to one at 9am this morning and she's easily our worst result at this stage. Since we went non-runner no bet at midday on Thursday, she has been very well supported. We've taken 4,000 more bets on her than any other horse. It's been one-way traffic for her. We thought it might be later on in the week that people latched onto her story and the fact that she's a grey mare, but she's already been very popular. As it stands, we're keen to duck her and lay a few others in our book as it's pretty lopsided at the moment. We've laid plenty on her and not much on anybody else. Snow Leopardess is 8-1 to one co-favourite with any second now and last month's Glen Fartless winner Delta Work with Ladbrokes. The latter was 33-1 to one for the National before Cheltenham and is the worst result with the bookmaker but more support for Snow Leopardess is anticipated. Ladbrook's Nicola McGeady said, This year we think Snow Leopardess will be the public horse, ticking boxes such as being grey, a mare, and having a good name and having a heartwarming tail to boot. Delta Work is the biggest anti-post mover and liability right now for us, but the Charlie Lonsden-trained co-favourite is expected to fly ahead in the popularity stakes come the day. Snow Leopardess is a best price 9 to 1 chance, including with Coral, who trimmed her from 10 to 1 after the confirmation stage. Any second now shares 8 to 1 favouritism with Delta Work with that firm, but Coral's David Stevens would not be surprised if Snow Leopardess went off favourite on Saturday. He said, Although Any Second Now and Delta Work currently head the Randox Grand National Market, Given the unique nature of the betting on the race on the day itself, it would be no surprise to see Snow Leopardess and Fiddler on the Roof shorten further to the point either could be sent off favourite.
Manila Times is another who looks sure to be popular on the day, with Rachel Blackmore bidding for back-to-back wins in the race. As anticipation for the 2022 Randox Grand National intensifies, now the five-day declarations are in for the world's most famous horse race, plenty of horses will begin attracting support, which could see their odds shorten dramatically before they get underway at 5.15 on Saturday. We pick out five who could plunge in price. First up, Manila Times, trainer Henry de Bromhead, and current price at time of recording, 16-1. to 1. Although things haven't quite gone to plan so far this season for last year's winner, a return to Aintree could spark the J.P. McManus' own nine-year-old back into the sort of form which saw him scamper clear of stablemate Balco de Floss in the 2021 Grand National. Manila Times has failed to complete on his two starts since and will have to carry £20 more this year, which makes him somewhat less appealing than when a well-backed winner on his one and only trip to Britain to date. However, with the Grand National being the one race of the year that families and the British public like to have a bet on, these casual punters may latch on to the Rachel Blackmore factor, who last year created history by becoming the first female rider to win the National. Blackmore Fever was in full flow coming into the race a year ago after her leading jockey exploits at the Cheltenham Festival and having created further history a few weeks ago by winning the Gold Cup on A-plus Tard, the narrative of the returning heroes could see the price of Manila Times plummet on race day from 16 to 1. And next we have Burrow Saint with a trainer, Willie Mullins, and a current price of 20 to 1. Willie Mullins won the National in 2005 with Hedge Hunter and has been knocking on the door in recent years with the likes of Pleasant Company, who narrowly lost out to Tiger Roll in 2018, and Rath Vinden, who finished third in 2019. Burrow Saint continued the solid recent form of Ireland's champion trainer in the race by finishing fourth last year and looks to be the Mullins' first string here. Although Rich Ritchie's former Irish national winner has plenty to find with market leaders any second now and Ascaria 10, it is difficult to envisage Burrow Saint being able to go off a 20-1 to 1 on the day, especially after the close Sutton Maestro's Magic Cheltenham Festival, which featured an unprecedented 10 winners. Next up, we have two for gold, trainer Kim Bailey and with a current price of 50-1. to 1. Some 32 years on from Mr Frisk's course record winning effort, Kim Bailey could add another national to his name with the ultra-consistent two for gold. The nine-year-old has already had a stellar season, having landed the inaugural running of the valuable fleur-de-lis chase at Lingfield before chasing home Fakir de Alderis in Grade 1 company at Ascot last time out. Although he would be stepping up drastically in trip, the National is not as testing as it once was, and two for gold has always shown a very game attitude which should serve him well. Bailey demonstrated he could prepare a horse for a modern-day National when the last samurai found only rule the world too good in 2016, and 50-1 to 1 looks chunkier than he will be should the he line up on the day. Next up we have De Russia Counter. Trainer Emma Lavelle and a current price of 40 to 1. Derasha Counter has been seen only four times since winning the Ladbrokes Trophy in 2019, and Emma Lavelle's 10 year old, who has a relatively low mileage, looks to have been forgotten by punters. 
Backers have plunged on Lavelle's other representative, Eclair Cerf, who still faces an anxious wait on his participation after moving up to 43rd on the list after Monday's confirmations, with the Classic Chase winner now 14-1, to 1, having generally been available at 33s before the weekend. However, there could be another gamble when people scrutinise Durasha Counter's form. Although he was pulled up in the Midlands National two years ago, that was off an £8 higher mark than the 149 rating he runs off now, which is the same mark as his big race success at Newbury. Having blown away the cobwebs in a Grade 2 at the same track last time out, in what was a first run for 489 days, Durasha Counter could offer Aintree value. And finally, Black Lion, whose trainer is Dan Skelton and has a current price at the time of recording of 66 to 1. The evergreen Black Lion ran a huge race to finish a 50 to 1 sixth in last year's national and has sneaked in at the bottom of the weights. The 13 year old has demonstrated his appetite for the game still remains with two impressive victories at Haydock this season. The veteran can be forgiven for being pulled up by Harry Skelton when trying to complete the course hat-trick in the trial for this race last time out, with Skelton perhaps looking after the horse in what was, even by Haydock standards, truly awful ground. Back on better ground over a course which he loves, having won the Betcher Chase in 2017 and completed on all bar one of his four starts over the iconic spruce-covered fences, and even then that was when being brought down in the 2018 Grand National, Black Lion could shorten through the week with some sentimental each-way bets. You've been listening to the Racing News with all the news that is the news from the racing media. That includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Padden and join us again next time. Well, that was all the racing news from Mike Padden and now let's find out where we can go racing. Well, there are seven races over the jumps at Aintree, of course, the Grand National Meeting. Eight races over the jumps at Newcastle with a 12.30 start. Eight races on the flat at Thirsk with a 12.55 start. Six races over the jumps at uh, Bangor on Dee with a 1.55 start. Eight races on the flat at Wolverhampton with a 4.57 start. And also you can go to Australia or France or Keeneland or Aqueduct or Santa Anita in America. So get the old 7.47 primed up and you'll be away. Right, well, we pick up all sorts of stories about racing. And I've just picked up a new story about a gentleman called Gary Curtin who joins us on the show uh, and Gary, you're, you, you've got an obsession with racing and you're going around all the racing circuits in the country. Yes, well, 41 of them anyway, because 41 represents the charity I'm doing. It's the Bob Champion Cancer Trust. Yeah. And it's 41, 41 years ago that Bob Champion and Alderney won the Grand National. Right. OK, fair enough then. And uh, how far have you gone so far? You know, when did you start doing this? Well, I started on the 3rd of January. It's, it's all all spread out over the year. Yeah. Um, I'm up to my 12th of 41. Right, right, OK. And, and which ones have you done so far then? Um, I started off at Lingfield because that's my nearest course. Yeah. And that was a 120-mile round trip. Yeah. Uh, then I've done As- Ascot, Sandown, Fontwell, Kempton, you've got me thinking now. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> yeah, Newbury. I've done Newbury. That was a, a nice trip down to Newbury. Yeah, um, yeah I've, and uh, the last the last four days, I've 
been on a thousand mile round trip. I've been to Calso, um, Carlisle, Hexham and Utoxeter. Okay, so that's that's good. And obviously all this is helping to raise money for Bob Champion Charity. Um, you obviously met Bob and you were telling me you got to, you got some sort of a regular racing show going on on the internet. Is that right? That's right. Well, it's on Facebook, actually. On It's a Facebook page called the Owners Group Premier League. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've, we've been going two years. Bob's part of my team and joins me every Friday night. Okay, well, um, you better tell him about our show and he'll, hopefully he'll come on our show but uh, I imagine he's a nice guy yeah yeah he's a very nice guy yeah I, to be fair I've only met him in the last two years through lockdown yeah. and um, yeah we've um, met up a few times we actually walked to the Cheltenham Festival every morning uh, that week from the high street to, to the race course yeah. and uh, yeah he's, a top, he's, he's just a top guy and what he what he went through before he won the Grand National is just inspirational yes absolutely well, I'm sure most people have, have seen the film as well which uh, which i certainly have and just just listening to that music that starts the show off is is oh it uh, brings tears to my eyes i'm afraid that that music is so emotional I, you know and you just can't help but think of, of poor old bob that what he went through but thank god he's okay now yeah it's fantastic it's ironic really i started charity work 30 years ago with a bloke called josh gifford oh yeah and no, um, yeah. yeah well josh was the trainer of Alden E.T. Yeah. And so my, my charity work has gone in a big circle and now I'm working with Bob Champion, which is um, yeah. ironic, really. Yeah. And and have you got any idea how much you've raised so far and what the targets are? Um, altogether, all, all my charity work, I did retire three years ago. I've done 25 years. I've raised a quarter of a million pounds and I said enough's enough. But then lockdown came in kicked off this race racing show and um, we've raised about £35,000 on that alone so yeah we're creeping up to £300,000 oh well congratulations well done that's a hell of a hell of a figure to have raised isn't it so uh, well look thank you very much for joining us on the show um, uh, you know I wish you all the best with, with the show and I hope you can carry on raising that sort of money and uh, give our regards to Bob Champion fantastic can I give you a just giving page that if anyone wishes to donate or support the Bob Champion Cancer Trust on my walk it's www.justgiving.com stroke fundraising stroke gaza on uk tour 2022 and um uh, that you'll find my just giving page on there so far we've just passed the 6k mark for this tour brilliant well well done gaza and uh, you know all i can say is keep up the good work it's fantastic thank you adrian thank you for having me on the show and uh, i wish you all the best and you, sir. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Well, that was Gary Curtin uh, on his task of walking around all the racetracks in England and Wales and Scotland. I don't know about Ireland, though. He did mention Ireland. The sweet, sweet memories you gave of me. You can't beat the memories you gave of me. Tender kids. Well, of course, it's Grand National Week this week, and in fact, tomorrow our playing tree is the big race. So we thought for our memory slot this week, we'd uh, replay the 1974 Grand National, won by Red Rum. Made of this. Don't. Forget a small moonbeam. You can't beat the memories you gave. Fold in lightly with a dream. So let's listen to the BBC commentary of the race. And mine. Princess Camilla just uh, playing up a little bit centre, bounding away from uh, 
the one strand tape the other 41 all in line and she doesn't want to join him at the moment and giving Martin Blackshaw an anxious moment or two now and this looks as though it could be it and they're away and she's away all right all away Caracola just a little bit slow and as they stream down towards the Melling Road, Sonny Ladd, one of the first to show with Nerio towards the outside. Right up with them on the inner is Rouge Autumn. And then Bahia Dorada on the outside. And it's Bahia Dorada, Nerio, Sonny Ladd, and then Rouge Autumn. And behind them, Les Gargo and Stephen Sassati. And that's the order as we join John Hanmer. It's Bahia Dorada in the lead from Straight Vulgan, then Ascari, then towards the outside, Pearl of Montreal. But Bahia Dorada jumps it first. The leaders are all over all right, but it's Royal Relief who's gone on the outside. Royal Relief, the faller at the first, and he's the only one, I think. As they go to the second, it's Bahia Dorada and Charles Dickens, then Rough Silk, then comes Ascari, and they're streaming over the second. They all look all right at the second, and as they go to the third, Charles Dickens, Bahia Dorada, then comes Rough Silk, then Sunny Lad, then Straight Falcon, and it was Rough Silk who led over that. They're mostly over it all right, though. There's one gone. Go Continental is dark in the lead. Over to Julian Wilson. Rough Silk, Bahia Dorada towards the inside. Charles Dickens towards the outside. And a faller there. The sixer has gone at that one. And Charles Dickens leads on the outside with Colour Hill right up with them on the outside with Pearl of Montreal. Towards the inside is Rough Silk and over the fifth. And over it, Charles Dickens over from Rough Silk over in second. Straight Bulgans over in the third place. And Bahia Dorada, very, very bad mistake. And now being pulled up as the leaders run down to Beechers. And very few gone so far as they face up to Beechers. On the outside, Charles Dickens. On the inside is Rough Silk. Then comes Polar Montreal and Straight Falcon. And over Beechers, the field streaming over Beechers. And almost all the horses have jumped it all right. In fact, I can't see one faller at Beechers. They're all over. Every single horse has jumped Beechers. Charles Dickens, the leader. From Rough Silk in second. Sonny Ladd on the inside now goes up to dispute the lead. Sonny Ladd with Charles Dickens. Rough Silk is third. Then on the inside is Rouge Autumn. Fifth on the outside is Straight Vulgar. No, they were all jumped that one. Lescargo is next. Then comes Rough House and Cloudsmere. On the outside is Glen Kiln as they come to the canal turn. Sonny Ladd over first from Charles Dickens in second. Rouge Autumn is third in fourth place on the outside. The faller was Argent at the canal turn. Argent is a faller at the canal turn. There's another one gone as well. Caracola was a faller at the canal turn and Hugh Parade as well. And Devlin's Green was a faller at the canal turn. And over Valentine's, at Valentine's, Beggar's Way has refused as we rejoin John Hammer. And it's Charles Dickens, Sunny Lad. And then on the outside, Pearl of Montreal. Then comes Straight Falcon. And they're being trapped by Russell. But Charles Dickens just leads from Sunny Lad. Then comes... Pearl of Montreal and Shane Mann is a faller and Bo Bob has gone there and they're all streaming over that next fence among the back markers is Roman Holiday but it's Charles Dickens just in the lead from Pearl of Montreal, Sunny Lad, Straight Falcon, then Rough Silk, then comes Glen Kiln and Spanish Steps and Rough House then comes Lascargo going well Behind him is Falcon Town, then Mr. Collins on Stephen Society, going the shortest way on the inner, but Charles Dickens in the lead from Sunny Lad, Lescargo. Behind Lescargo is Pearl of Montreal, and over to Peter O'Sullivan. Still Charles Dickens from Sunny Lad, Lescargo, Pearl of Montreal, then Spanish Steps just in behind him with Falcon Town, and Straight Falcon, and San Falou and Glen Kiln. And coming down to the next, and it's Pearl of Montreal, Charles Dickens, Sonny Ladd, Glen Kiln, Spanish Steps, Les Gargo. And coming to this fence now, number 13 in the national, 
and it's Charles Dickens and Pearl of Montreal who touch down together from Sunny Ladders, mistake there by Stephen Society. And coming up towards the next, Pearl of Montreal. They're being hampered by a loose horse, the two leaders, Pearl of Montreal and Charles Dickens and Sunny Ladd and Lescargo. And then just in behind them, Spanish Steps. And then comes Rouge Autumn. Behind uh, Rouge Autumn is San Falou, Vulcan Town right up there. Red Rum going well strongly in the centre of the field there. And coming up to the chair now. And as they do so, it's Charles Dickens with a loose horse perilously near to him. Charles Dickens jumps it, and he's very nearly brought down, but he survives all right. Lescargo jumps it on the inside. Pearl of Montreal just in the lead. And it's Pearl of Montreal as they come to the water from Charles Dickens and Lescargo and Sunny Ladd and then Vulcan Town. Then comes Spanish Steps. Behind Spanish Steps is Rough Silk. And then San Falou, and then Red Ram and behind him is Straight Falcon, and then Norwegian Flag. On the inside of Norwegian Flag is uh, uh, Glen Kiln, and on the inside of Glen Kiln is Rouge Autumn, and then comes Scout on the outside, then Nerio. Behind Nerio is Stephen Society with Princess Camilla, and then comes Francophile, and then Dano. Behind uh, Dano is um, the crossbelts there of Wolverhampton, and as they run down, towards the next fence and cross the Melling Road. It's Pearl of Montreal, Vulcan Town, Lescargo, Charles Dickens, Spanish Step, Sunny Lad, and towards the outside, Vulcan Town, as we rejoin John Hanlon. And they're almost at the 17th, and it's Pearl of Montreal on the inside from Vulcan Town. Charles Dickens right up with them. Lescargo is close up. All the leaders over that safely. Vulcan Town disputing it with Charles Dickens and Pearl of Montreal. Then comes straight Vulcan and Red Rum taking very close order now. Last year's winner as they jump the 18th. And again, all the leaders over safely except for straight Vulcan. Straight Vulcan went at that and it's Vulcan Town from Charles Dickens. Then comes Sunny Lad, Lescargo, Red Rum. Then Scout taking close order on the outside. Then comes Pearl of Montreal. Glen Kiln's gone at the ditch. And as they go to the next fence, the 20th, it's Charles Dickens, Lascargo, and Red Rum as we join Julian Wilson. Vulcan down. Charles Dickens with the leader over that one from Lascargo with a good pitch on the inside. Red Rum much closer now on the outside. Vulcan Town's in fourth place now. Scout's got a good pitch towards the outside as they come to the one before Beecher's. And it's Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens who leads over it from Lescargo on the inside. Red Rum on the outside. Scout is right up there. Vulcan Town's in fifth place as they run down towards Beecher's for the second and last time. And as they do so, the leader is now the 1973 winner, Red Rum. Red Rum from Charles Dickens. Lescargo, Scout and Vulcan Town as they jump features and Red Rum leads over it from Charles Dickens second, Scout is third Lescargo is fourth, in fifth place Spanish Steps, in sixth place is Vulcan Town in seventh is Sunny Lad and eighth on the outside is Rough Silk and then comes Stephen Society as they jump the 23rd Red Rum is over from Charles Dickens second, Scout is third, Lescargo is fourth fifth is, is uh, Spanish Steps sixth is Vulcan Town, seventh is Rough Silk, eighth is Stephen Society, ninth is Sunny Lad as they come to the canal turn where six fell the first time including Rough House and at the canal turn, Red Rum over in front from Charles Dickens second, Scout is third, Lascargo is fourth, Spanish Steps fifth, Vulcan Town is sixth, Rough Silk is seventh, Stephen Society eighth, San Falou ninth, tenth is Sunny Lad, eleventh is Princess Camilla as they jump Valentine's. And again, Red Rum is over from Charles Dickens second, Stephen Society a bad mistake at that one. Red Rum still in front from Charles Dickens, Lascargo Scout. Then comes Spanish Steps, Vulcan Town and Rough Silk and these are clear as we rejoin John Hammer. And Red Rum's got four to jump and he's four lengths in front of Scout who's under pressure, then Charles Dickens and Lascargo, a gap after that to Spanish Steps, then Vulcan Town, then comes Rough Silk, and Red Rum over the fourth from home in the lead from Charles Dickens, then Scout and Lascargo, Spanish Steps, Vulcan Town, Rough Silk, San Falou, and Sunny Lad as they go to the third last. 
It's Red Rum still out in front of Charles Dickens. Then comes Lascargo. Then comes Scout, who's still under pressure. Then comes Spanish Steps, Vulcan Town, Rough Silk, San Feliu, Sunny Lad, Dono, and Nerio. As they go across the Melling Road, Red Rum in the clear lead from Lascargo. Then comes Charles Dickens and Scout and Spanish Steps, and Red Rum in the lead and over to Peter O'Sullivan. It's Red Rum with Lescargo chasing him now. The two top weights, Red Rum from Lescargo, Red Rum for England trying to complete that great double that hasn't been done since Reynoldtown, being pressed by Lescargo now for Ireland. Then comes Spanish Steps improving on Charles Dickens and then Scout and behind them Vulcan Town and then Rough Silk. They're coming now to the second last fence in the National and it's Brown Fletcher on Red Rum being pressed by Tommy Carberry on Lescargo. The two top weighted ones at the second last in the National it's Red Rum with a clear advantage there from Lescargo who jumps it second. Then comes uh, Charles Dickens in third and Spanish Steps four and this is the last fence now and it looks as though Red Rum's only got to jump it but remember he was deprived of it on the flat last year, or rather he deprived the winner of it last year, and now he's jumped it in the lead and it's Red Rum, and this great local crowd giving him a tremendous ovation, Red Rum from Lescargo, Tommy Carberry trying to close the gap, but he's not going to they come to the elbow, a furlong to run, he's got a big weight to remember 23 pounds more than last year but he's going to hold him, it's Red Rum from Lescargo in second Charles Dickens third, and Spanish steps four and racing up towards the line and Red Rum getting the of his career and Brown Fetcher acknowledging the cheers of the crowd as he comes to the line. The winner of the national, Lescargo is second and Charles Dickens third and fourth. Miss Spanish steps and then comes... Red Rum became the first horse since 1936 to win the Grand National twice and in 1975 he was back bidding for a unique treble. Who could forget Red Rum? Well, now we're going to have a look in more detail at this uh, year's Grand National and Simon Holt from the Sporting Life is going to give us his idea of what the winner might be. Morning, Simon. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. I'm at Aintree and it's extremely uh, changeable weather. It's been quite wet this morning and it is blowing hard. The wind is very strong and we're having these uh, very sort of uh, violent showers, almost wintry showers. So... Uh, the ground could just ease up a little bit. The declarations are through for the Randox Grand National on Saturday, and there has been a couple of interesting developments because two horses who looked as though they weren't going to make the cut have got in, and they both got chances. Emma Lavelle's horse, a Claire Surf, has got in as, at number 39, and this is the horse that chased home Win My Wings, the uh, Scottish Grand National winner last weekend, yeah. Chase Win My Wings Home last time out uh, in the Ida Chase at Newcastle. And the other one that's got in is Fortescue, trained by Henry Daly, the horse who beat Fiddler on the Roof at Ascot at last time. And, and both of them have got pretty good chances. And it would be quite a story if either of them won, having literally got in at, at the 11th hour because... Uh, there's been a few withdrawals. Bally, battle over Doyen is out. Farclar is out. He would have been quite a, a fancy for some people. Caribbean Boy and Court Maid, they're also out. So um, this has enabled a clear surf and fortescue to get into the race. Um, the Irish are obviously very powerfully represented. They dominated the race last year. Last year's winner, Manella Times, has top weight, but he's fallen and pulled up in just two starts this season. So he's going to have to show improved form to defy the rise in the weights um, and win for a second time. The Cheltenham cross-country winner, Delta Work, has got a touch of class. He's got 11 stone nine on his back. 
you'd have to think that he he's going to be a leading contender, having beaten the dual national winner Tiger Roll at Cheltenham uh, just three weeks ago. Other others for Ireland, any second now, who was third last year, who beat Escaria ten in a warm-up race, and Run Wild Fred, who was second in the four miler. Oh, I say the four miler. It's not now. It's the three and three quarter mile national hunt chase at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, he's an out and out stayer and should go well. And Colin Tizard does run fitter on the roof. Uh, he's got to prove his stamina, but he's got a bit of class. He's a very talented horse, a very consistent horse as well. And Colin also runs lost in translation, who's struggling really to recapture his very best form. But if he were to do so, you couldn't rule him out. There's so many with chances. I suppose one of the big stories in the race, Adrian, would be if the mare Snow Leopardess could win, not just because she's a mare and not many mares have won it, but she'd be the first mare to win having had a foal. Yeah. She's come back having given birth and she's won all three, three of her starts this season. The ground, if it eases up, will suit her. She won the Beecher Chase on the course earlier in the season. Yes, she's got to stay an extra mile now. Uh, compared to the Beecher, but she would be some story uh, if she were to be able to win it. So uh, a fantastic renewal as ever. It looks a pin job <laughs> to me. <laughs> I, I think um, I think Fortescue and Eclair surf could run well. I like Snow Leopardess, but you've got to fear the Irish runners. They're very strong in the staying chase department, and you'd have to be looking at Delta Work and maybe Run Wild Fred as leading contenders as well. Do you think that the you know, Gordon Elliott hasn't had as much success in the last few weeks as one would possibly expect him to? Do you think that's going to have any bearing on it at all? Well, we'll have to see how his horses run over the first couple of days, and um, that'll that'll give a clue. Um, I mean, obviously, he hasn't been running his best horses in the last couple of weeks, but you're right, he has gone a little bit quiet by his very high standards. Uh, of course, he has an excellent record in the Grand National as well. Yeah, I think if he wins, if he were to win it this year, he would equal the record. Um, I think it would be four wins. And I think, uh, well, Fred Rymer was one of them. And I can't remember who the other trainer was. But, uh, you know, he's a, he's a man not to uh, dismiss lightly yeah. in this race, given uh, his uh, past performances in it. But uh, we'll just have to see how they go, yeah. Generally, though, the Irish, you think, still represent a major threat then, do you? Well, I mean, last year, I think it was the first 10 or 11 home, wasn't it, where yeah. Irish trained. Yeah. I don't think the dominance has been so great this season, um, both in races running up to the Cheltenham Festival and at the festival. I mean, without Willie Mullins, it uh, would have been pretty even Stevens between the Irish and the British horses. But, you know, Willie Mullins is on a different level, isn't he? Yeah, and uh, he had a fantastic uh, Cheltenham Festival. He runs Class Conti. Uh, in the national, and he also runs Burroughs Saint and Brahma Bull for Rich Ritchie. Burroughs Saint is a, the sort of horse that could run really well in a national, but he didn't seem to get home last year. Ran very well up to a point, and then weakened in the closing stages. As I say, there are so many in with chances. I like horses that have got um, guaranteed stamina. I think you've got to have uh, that stamina. It wasn't the case necessarily with Manila Times last year, but overall, I think looking for horses that have gone something like the distance is um, a good, good little angle and uh, rather than guessing that they're going to get the trip yeah. and uh, one of those would be run wild fred and uh, the, the cross-country race at Cheltenham, of course is run over quite an extreme distance though it's probably run at a slightly slower gallop but delta work would have to come into it as well yeah and are you going to stick your head in that out and, and give us one 
one horse to win? Well, I'm a big Snow Leopardess fan. I think she'll run really well. And I was very pleasantly surprised to see Fortescue getting in at the bottom because the one thing this horse can do, he's a very sound jumper. And although he hasn't really got uh, the form at this sort of distance, he looks as though he's going to stay. He's a little bit slow over three miles, to be honest. But he does jump well. And I thought that was a good performance to beat Fitter on the roof at Ascot. So uh, I'd probably put those two up. And um, with the two Irish horses, Delta Work and Run Wild Fred, big, big dangers. Right. OK, well, that's uh, well, only time will tell. I'm, I'm going to stick with Fiddler on the Roof myself. Uh, local bias, I suppose you'd call it, really. But uh, I think he's got a good chance anyway. But... Well, he's, a, he's, got a bit, he's got a lot of ability, hasn't he? And he's yeah. run in high-class company, both over hurdles and fences. And, you know, he's very consistent too, which is a, a great asset. So if he takes to it, if he gets the trip, I wouldn't put you off him. No, and it would be it would be nice if you know it's, it's Colin Tizard's last national and Joe Tizard's first national. It would be uh, it would be a, a you know a nice uh, a nice way for Colin to go out, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it would be a popular winner, Fiddler on the Roof. I think he's uh, a horse that a lot of hunters like, and he's I think um, he's just such a consistent horse, as I say, you know, and uh, he he certainly didn't. Uh, uh, lose any sort of luster by being beaten by Fortescue, giving that horse a lot of weight at Ascot. Yeah. Uh, it just depends whether whether this is his cup of tea and whether he'll get the four and a quarter miles. I mean, yeah. that is the, the big question, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a long way, isn't it? It is a long way. <laughs> any other uh, any other sort of snippets of information you've picked up over there at, uh, at Aintree, uh, Simon? Well, it's, th th there are two excellent... Uh, Grade ones, uh, which really are, are kind of uh, Cheltenham rematches or uh, Cheltenham winners reappearing. Edward Stone is likely to start a, a warm favourite for the Maghull novices chase. He's up against third time lucky of Dan Skelton's, but uh, the way Edward Stone has been running, he's going to take a lot of beating, obviously, there because it'll be a short price. And the uh, staying is hurdle winner, Flooring Porter, is one of the last two stayers hurdles. He's out again. He won well, didn't he, at Cheltenham. Yeah. Uh, Champ is up against him. So is Time Hill. Time Hill was second at Cheltenham. Champ was fourth. They're going to have to find something to beat Flooring Porter the way he uh, brushed them aside, I think, at Cheltenham. There's a nice horse of Sam Thomas's running in the grade one novices hurdle called Good Risk at All. He is up in class, but he absolutely hacked up in a handicap at Ascot last time out, and he's very highly regarded. And in that same race, Nicky Richards has a nice horse called Nell's Son, and Dan Skelton runs the very useful mare, L.A. Bell, who's probably running over her ideal distance of two and a half miles. Uh, their possibilities. Colonel Mustard, who was third in the county hurdle at the Cheltenham Festival, looks a leading Irish contender in that as well. I quite like the look of Don Levant in the first race, three-mile handicap hurdle. He ran very well at this meeting last year. I think three miles on a flat track really suits him. I've noticed that his trainer, Evan Williams, has hit some serious form in the last few days. So Don Levant, written by his uh, daughter, Isabel Williams, who takes off three pounds, could be a leading contender in the first race at uh, one forty-five. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for that, Simon. Um, I hope you have a good weekend up there, and uh, 
I should be sat in front of the television watching it all and um, hopefully get a few winners for myself. Well, I hope you enjoy it. It's always a great spectacle. Yeah. Uh, the fences are not as formidable as they used to be, but uh, it's still a race that takes a huge amount of winning. So I'm sure it'll be uh, an exciting exciting contest and, and above all, as I say, a, a terrific spectacle. OK, Simon, thank you very much. And no doubt we'll be speaking again soon. Thank you for joining us. Well, that was the sporty life Simon Holt there with his idea as what's going to win the National tomorrow. And now we're going to talk to Nick Schofield, who will actually be riding in the race. Well, hi, Nick. Uh, thanks for coming on the show again, as usual. Um, all systems towards Liverpool now, then, is it? Yeah, it's a very exciting week for everyone involved, really. Um, entry yeah. is probably less pressure than Cheltenham, and, um, but, yeah, it's still very high-class racing. Yeah. Um, we spend a few days up there, so, um, you know, on the Friday morning... Um, we it's obviously the Topham Day, which is Ladies' Day. Um, yeah. So there's still right, right races over the national fences, and a lot of us jockeys actually go to Older Hay Hospital in the morning. Oh right, yeah. Um, which is a bit of an eye opener. So um, yeah, you go and see all the kids there and support yeah. them, and then we head off to the races. We've got three rides on the Friday, I think. Yeah, starting off with Alice. Yeah, one in the handicap hurdle, consistent as the Ralphs. Yeah. Yeah, deserves his stay in the sun and um and then over the big fences um five star getaway in the top end which is two and a half mile over the national fences so it's right. fast and furious yeah and then um i ride staghorn who had a bad ride at cheltenham to put behind him but yeah three miler um and then early night in liverpool um early night <laughs> <prepared>. <laughs> um yeah. and then um obviously grand national on the saturday we're, we're seeing a couple of rides on the day and but I think my first ride on the day will be in the Grand National. Um, You're riding Santini then, that right? Yeah, Santini's my ride in the Grand National. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. Um, it's probably one of the best rides going into the race I've had. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, I have finished third on previous years, but um, I'm really excited with Santini because he's mixed it at the highest level. And, you know, if you, if you had a horse that was able to finish second in the Gold Cup, Lining yeah. up in the Grand National for Eleven Stone, it's yeah, it's you know, it's exciting, and um, he, he ticks every box. I think he he's never run over the trip or the fences, but I think that's what he's been looking for now. And um, yeah. he's ten year old, plenty of mileage on the clock. He's got high cruising speed, and one thing he'll do is keep going. Well, you know, Nick, we'll we'll all be rooting for you, as you can imagine. Um, you know, I hope it's uh, I hope it's it's a special day. I mean, it would be for for any jockey, I would imagine, winning the Grand National is probably. Would you would you put it as good as the Gold Cup or slightly below? Well, you get that quite asked question asked quite a lot, but um, no, obviously you take either if I'm honest with you. Yeah, I um, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Um, but it's um, Grand National. It's like the race you get texts from people we haven't heard of for many years, and um, yeah. they all wish you luck because I think everyone will come five o'clock, four forty-five on the Saturday puts the Grand National on, and it's traditionally everyone watches it so um yeah it's, it's it's a great race to be part of i think it's my um 13th attempt at it so um, it? Yeah. hopefully that's a lucky number yeah <laughs> and how many times have you actually finished the course i think we've finished it about six or seven times oh, well, that's not uh, more bad. than half maybe that's uh, yeah. not a bad record then is it out of 13 runs that's nearly 50, yeah we, 50%. I, I think it, no, yeah yeah we're getting there so um but look it's an exciting race to be part of and um you know, traditionally year on year, it never fails to um, produce a, you know, yeah, a fine spectacle yeah. for everyone. So it's, yeah, it's good. 
what's the uh, what's the atmosphere like in the in the the um you know the um jockey's room when you you're getting ready to go out and that? i mean is it is it everybody uh, it's totally or? different to, yeah it's totally different to sort of um a daily um racing because you obviously get there sort of four or five hours before your race which is yeah. a bit abnormal really but and it's a long time sitting around but you have to do all the prelims you get like a talking to before the race on horses welfare and um, yeah. you obviously go out a lot earlier to do the parade and um you know there's a lot the grand national is his own special unique race and um it's just not like any other normal race to be honest with you but, um although it's sort of calmed down a bit in recent years like the fence is not quite as big and um the the, the, the color of horse is probably a bit higher so um yeah. it, there's you know it's different to when i first started riding but when I was back at seventeen, but <laughs> if I was to, you know, come into the to the locker room just before the race, do you think I'd be able to spot the jockeys that haven't actually ridden before? You know, the the, the, the rookies. Uh, it's a funny one. <laughs> some get louder, some get quieter. Um, you know, it's, everyone copes with pressure in a different way. So yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that you have one hell of a day. Nick, um, we should be rooting for you, I can assure you. So, um, Thank uh, you very much. And I'm sure all of the Three Valleys listeners will be listening and uh, yep. watching and listening and hoping for the best. So keep up the good work, mate, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, hopefully, as the winner of the Grand National. Have a good week, Thanks, Nick. You're a star. We'll speak to you next week. Cheers, okay? Cheers Thanks. then. Thanks a lot. Thank Bye-bye. You. Bye-bye. Well, that was Nick Schofield, and I hope everybody on Three Valleys Radio will be getting behind him on Santini tomorrow in the Grand National. Now we're sticking with the National Hunt theme, and we're going to talk to Jamie Snowden. Well, hi, Jamie. Thanks for coming on the show, as usual. Um, what does the weekend hold for you? You've got one runner down to for Liverpool, is that it? Yeah, just, just the one runner at Aintree um, on, on Friday, some, Sunday soon. He's been been a legend over the years. Um, he's off He's off a winnable mark but in a grade three as competitive as this yeah. um in all like in all likelihood you know a top six finish would, would be great so you'll obviously be going up there but it does it feel like a bit of an anti-climax that you've not got a runner on uh, on grand national day um no um like all these things uh, last year we we were very busy up at entry we we had runners runners all day and it uh, uh, and it was it was it was manic and there was obviously no one there but um yeah so it's a shame that, that people are back this year and we, we haven't got many runners up there but um no, that's the way it goes sometimes. But you've got the likes of Fosslas in the meantime. We got two at Fosslas, and then we got one at Fontwell on Friday, one at Aintree, and then Saturday, Newcastle, Wincanton, Sunday, and places. So no, we're we're st- we're still busy, but um, unfortunately, nothing nothing for uh, for the national itself this year. And and having looked at the national, what do you fancy to win it? Um, well, listen, um, the the story would obviously be wonderful if Snow Leopard S were to win. Um, you know, I think. Um, She's trained by, by by a very good friend of mine, Charlie Longston, and and um, that that would that would be wonderful to see her go and win. But uh, um, it's it's a very tough race to win, and whether she's whether she's handicapped to go and win, I, I should imagine her price is probably shorter because the story behind her is about to a handicap mark. Yeah. Um, but, but no, it'd be lovely for Charlie. And what about if you, if that's your heart? What does your head tell you? Um, so the 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 the, the favourite from from the winner from last year, any second, um, uh, Manella Times is is obviously uh, uh, will be will be lovely if if Rachel Blackmore could go and do it again. But my my head says any any second now. He was a little bit unlucky uh, last year. Um, he almost got taken out taken out at the uh, at the open ditch, I think, the far side, and lost many lengths and came back and finished third. So. I'd say any second now is probably the, the the form pick of the race, but Delta Work 
won the won the cross country. Obviously, broke Tiger Hole's Tiger Hole's heart um, yeah. in the cross country Cheltenham, and and Delta Works a, a, another sort of worthy horse to to put in the mix. And so is Iscaria Ten. So I say any second now, Delta Work and Iscaria Ten would be would be the three. But I would love Snow Leopardess to go and win. Okay, well now we know you've nailed your collars to the mast, and we will we will see what happens on Saturday. I fancy Fiddler on the Roof, but. Um... That's probably local bias, I would imagine. Yeah, well, a little, a little bit like my slow snow leopardess, probably. It's uh, uh, it's, it's when you're sort of uh, your your heart clouds your mind, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. It does, you know. But uh, but at least Yeovil are away over the weekend, so I better watch the Grand National in peace. We're not thinking I should be up at Hewish Park, so that's something anyway. Brilliant. Well, in, enjoy. I will. Don't you worry. I will. Jamie. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, if that's okay, sir. Yeah, I look forward to it. We'll speak then. Thanks, Eddie. Yeah, okay. Thanks a lot, Jamie. See you soon. Bye for now. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was Jamie Snowden up at Lambourne. Now it's time to catch up with somebody who had a pretty eventful day on the first day at Aintree. I'm talking about a call. Morning, morning Milton. Um, it must be a pretty good feeling you've got about you this morning, I would imagine, after yesterday. Yeah, look, obviously we're pleased. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a what's the right word for it? It's a bit of a funny uh, feeling. But anyway, look, we're delighted for the horse, delighted for the owners and staff. So the horse, and obviously we've had a very good season and to, to cap it with a grade one is, is, is excellent, you know. We've yeah. had a, we've won, I think, four grade twos this year or something like that as well, which is, um, which is great. Well, you know, looking back on the race, um, it was a bit hairy at the end there. I mean, uh, did, did, did you expect the stewards to turn it around like that? Because it seemed a bit... I didn't see anything. I mean, I'd gone to the start to remove... I got a lift back with one of the starters to the inside of the course. So I, I wasn't in the crowd. I was watching the race from a different angle. And when they flashed past the line, I was pretty sure we'd won. And I, but I was more sure that we hadn't been beaten, even though I knew it was tight. So, yeah. Um, and of course, like anybody else, the longer the, the, longer the uh, sort of drama went on with the photo finish to start with, um, it, 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 the more I thought this is going to be a dead heat. And to be fair, I, I think that would have been a just result. You know, we, yeah. I play sport. I don't do this for any other reason because it's sport. So, I was happy with that result, and and I was, uh, in fact, a bit. I think I was a bit deflated when the set when the uh, the, the joint winner got demoted. I, that didn't sit right with me. But I, I guess at the end of the day, you know, it, it's happened, and you've got your group one. Yeah, so. yeah. I can't, listen, the stewards have a difficult job because they can't they can't make decisions based on emotion and you know what's what they perceive as the right result. They can only make a, a decision based on have the rules been infringed and so on. And and you'd, you'd be a pretty hard man to say. And I, I think probably the bump. Help my horse. I know it sounds silly, but he is a very competitive little fellow, and yeah. I, I would say he, he liked getting into a scrap. Well, a bit like the train. It's in the book, as they say in cricket. So uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I, it's there, and, and, it's... and just shows the ups and downs of racing. Yeah, you know, Gordon had his, had his trip, type his own um, issues and some self-inflicted, which I'm not comfortable with. But to be fair to the man, he straight up and shot my hand. And then, of course, in the next race, another Grade One, he uh, his horse was challenging, probably going to be finished second. That fell at the last as well. So unfortunately, for him, it wasn't a good day for him. You know. No, no, that's so, right. That's right. And and it didn't end in in quite perhaps you, the, the, the day. I mean, end in quite the way you would have liked it to. No, look, over the moon Grade One winner. But it, it, the, I was talking to my owner, the owner of the horse this morning. There's two or three. There's a father and son and a good friend. And it was all a bit surreal and a bit confusing. And uh, the whole day was a bit messy. But there you are. Look, we can't, in, in a way, you half wish it was at Cheltenham because that's why I class as my home track. And uh, But look, we're delighted to win. And uh, the horse is a great one winner, as you say now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so what what happens now for for the rest of the season then, Milton? I mean, is it is it a, a gradual sort of wind down or what? I mean, have you got what, for the horse or our yard? No, as a whole? for you for you the yard as a whole. No, no, we'll 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 be still driving forward. We've got another two and a half weeks of the season, 
And really, the day that I suspect the day the season finishes and the day the next season starts, which is the next day, we'll have no, won't feel any different. No. So hopefully, some of the staff will get an opportunity to have a holiday. Um, we'll some of the horses will get turned out of the field, but we'll still we still have bills to pay, so we'll still have probably twenty five horses or so in. Yeah, yeah, and join the. Uh, and lots of little husbandy jobs to do, you know. Many flat runners? A few. We've had a couple of young amateurs in the yard, young girls, and uh, we, we, we want to try and give them a few opportunities. So, um, we, we, I mean, Knight's Loop would be a certainty on the flat if we chose that route, but I, I suspect we won't, yeah. although we might give him a, a prep run at the start of next season or whatever, because his handicap mark on the flat is very low, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Milton, well, thanks very much for joining us. I know you're a busy man, especially after yesterday, so uh, well done for that anyway, and uh, enjoy it, and... Um, We'll speak to you again soon. You're very kind. Thank you very much. Thanks, Milton. Well, that was Milton Harris. Still excited, I'm sure, after the victory of Knight's Salute at Aintree on Thursday afternoon. Right, well, now we're going to pop down to Columpton and catch up with Rod Millman, who's got a few runners lined up over the weekend and on Monday. I'm talking about one tonight. Hurricane Helen runs, runs tonight at um, Kempton. She's in a Phillies race. She's, she, I'm hoping she'll put up a good show. Yeah. Um, she's a little syndicate horse. She survived a very bad colic operation uh, 18 months ago and she never ran it, she couldn't run for a year she came back last year and, and did win two races but it really knocked stuff out of her this operation and she's had a nice winter off and she's really strengthened for the year so I'm hoping for a good show tonight at Kempton um, yeah yeah and, and then, then like I say on Monday we've got um, four at uh, Windsor um which is always a lovely meeting to go to. It's very well supported. Um, I've got um, four a day who won three last year. She's in a nice competitive five furlong race with Holly Doyle on. Oh, yeah. Um, and she should have a good chance. And we've got a couple of two-year-olds there who are nice horses, but wins a two-year-old race. are always very competitive. And um, they're going there for experience. So hopefully they run well. Yeah. And what else? got there but someone else there um oh bamalama the bamalama loves soft ground right and with all the range we've got if she gets if she gets a chance to race she'd have a good chance but the trouble is they're, they're oversubscribed for the race so there's a chance she may not get a race she might balance it out which would be a real shame yeah because uh, last year she she's been quite difficult to train and she had her ground conditions last year and she won two races within three days oh right so right. she's um, she's got ability, but only low class horses. But um, you know, she should yeah. run well. So but just, we're just, just we're just starting to get going now. We've got lots of entries for next week, and um, like I say, we you know the yard's in good form at the moment. And you're encouraged by what you've seen so far, are you? Yeah, we've got some nice young horses coming through. Um, I've got uh, 17 two-year-olds this year, which is the most we've had for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, and we've got several new horses come to the yard. So, um, no, we've, we've, things are going well at the moment. Have you been watching Aintree? Yes, I have. Now, my old horse runs today, if you want a tip today. Yeah. Duke of Bronte runs in the Sefton. Oh, right. Now, that was, he was a really good flat horse. He was um, top-class flat horse. He got a slight leg injury the last time he ran for me. And, unfortunately, he's been niggling ever since. And he, actually, he hadn't actually run for three and a half years. Uh, yeah. The owner has, owner has gone jumping with him to Dan Skelton, yeah. and he won his last race very easily at Doncaster, only a smaller field, but he's probably the best horse, one of the best horses to go National Hunt racing for years. Really? Yeah, yeah. He, he was rated 105, 
but he was he was better than that. Yeah. And what what most flat horses that go jumping are, are worn out before they go. Yeah. But Luca Bronte was was on the up when he went because he's the best ever, best he ever ran on the flat was his last race. Yeah. So he was still improving. See, most most flat horses go jumping are already worn out before they go jumping. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas he's, he's the opposite. He was still in, he wasn't worn out before he went. So I'll be watching him run today and uh, wish the owners luck on that one. Good. Okay then, Rod. Well, thanks for that. Uh, you have a safe trip, and I will uh, speak to you next week if that's okay. Okay. Yes, and we'll open up some more more to tell you about the horses then. Okay. Lovely job. Thanks, Rod. You're a star. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Well, that was Rod Millman, and now we're going to catch up with Colin Brown again. Good evening, Colin. Um, how are you today? Are you all primed up and ready to roll on the flat? Oh God, yeah, I love the flat. I really do love the flat. We got some good. You know, we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, got some really good racing come up. We've got the 1,000 guineas, the 2,000 guineas. But before that, we've got all the trial races, which, of course, is the Greenham meeting at Newbury and the Craven meeting at Newmarket, all building up to that. And the great thing, you know, things move on quite quickly. All of a sudden, once those meetings are over, if the horse looks like staying a trip, boom, then it's the Derby. And then we move on to King George's and um, Eclipse's. And then all of a sudden, the horses that are too slow to uh, win any of those races end up in the um, the, the final uh, classic of the season. That's the St. Ledger and Doncaster. But in the short term, yep, we are warming up to it, I must say. And um, we've got some good racing at Newmarket, um, you know, as I say, at the Craven meeting fairly soon. Yeah. But... I was I was talking to um, I was talking to uh, someone the other day who was just looking forward to horses that might go on to Ascot for the trials day, which is the end of April. And one of the trials for the Gold Cup is at Nottingham next week. Well, Barry Hills, who turned eighty-five the other day, has got uh, used to have a horse called Further Flight, and he was a very very good stayer. And they named the race after him at, Newmar at um, Nottingham, should I say. And Trushan is going for that race. And, you know, Trushan, of course, trained by Alan King and uh, ridden by Holly Doyle. What a horse, you know, Trushan was last year. I mean, he was mm. absolutely brilliant, was he? Yeah, he was. Um, indeed. Yeah, yeah. And um, he went off to Nottingham last week and won the further flight. Now, he is a horse that I think we need to follow. He beat a horse called Quick Thorn. He looks a massive improver. And for me, he's a horse that's going to go then for the Cigarro Stakes at um, Ascot and then go on to Gold Cups and, and Goodwood Cups. You know, he, he is just quite an amazing horse. He really, really is. Do you think he's going to no. take over from, you know, the mantle that Stradivarius has... Uh sort of kept on to for a while now? He sort of could, couldn't he, really? I mean, he did it well the other day. He he sort of could, really. I mean, he is a six-year-old, but, um, you know, he could easily sort of take over that mantle. But because he, he's a gelding, um, I bet they wish they'd never gelded him because he'd be worth quite yeah. a lot of money at stud. He wouldn't be worth fortunes because horses are real stayers you know they call them like jumping sires if you like so yeah. basically you know they, they they wouldn't earn as much as the, the, the sort of you know galileos if you like but yeah. Um, yeah. no i think i i think i think there's um 
I think he's going to be a real good horse to follow this year. And, now, I, and I suppose just, with Holly Doyle on board, it makes it even, you know, it's sort of double bubble in, really, isn't it, really? Well, absolutely. I mean, I could see, you know, they're talking like who's going to win the Grand National the weekend. What a lottery. There's always a fairy tale story, you know, mm. all that sort of thing. Do you know the fairy tale story could be Holly Doyle, who's now married to Tom Marquand, two lovely people, two fantastic sportsmen, two brilliant riders, two well, um, you know, two well-respected people in horse racing. You imagine they could end up one day being champion jockey, maybe joint champion jockeys or first and second, at, you know, in the champion jockey champion championship. Be quite amazing, really, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But have you got any? Now, um, have you got any hot tips from your contacts? That's the question. Well, I tell you what, there was a horse that um, won to, on Thursday that I'm going to say to you to keep an eye on uh, because it won the other day at Newcastle and then it won again today and it's called Queen Aminatu and I think you're going to find Queen Aminatu going on to a lot bigger and better things. I really do. This is a horse that um, needs to be sort of followed uh, from now on, if you like it. I think Queen Anna Namato, it's called. Aminato, that's right. One at Lingfield on Thursday. So any of your listeners that are just interested, have a little look at the um, at the uh, filly. And I think she's so well-bred. She's out of a mare that's a half unraced. The mare won. She was rated 94. And she's out of a... She's out of a a mare that was a half-sister footsteps in the sand who won the 2,000 guineas. So beautifully bred, really beautifully bred, honestly. And where did you you say it won, Colin? It won at Lingfield on Thursday. What, last Thursday? Yeah, this Thursday. Well, the the 31st of March, or, or have I missed one? No, 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 the 6th of April. The 6th of April, ah. Well, that's that. So that must be yesterday. No, no, that's today, though, it's, isn't it? It's that's, today as we speak. Yeah, <laughs> it is exactly. No wonder I couldn't find it. Ah, there it is. I've got it now. Queen Aminatu, yes, ridden by yeah. Tom Marquan and uh, trained by William Haggis, seven to four exactly. favourite. So there you go. Exactly. Yeah. No. So um, yeah. So there's some. Uh, that that's honestly that is one to look out for. It's a really really nice filly, and um, I think she's going to be quite smart. Must make your life very difficult when you've got to deal with a thick uh, assistant on the other line, eh? don't you find that? It is quite difficult, but mm. then you have to sort of make, make allowances sometimes, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Well, because we, yeah. we have to yeah, make allowances so. that we get told the right race that we're talking about, of course, you know. But this is what it's like for me these <laughs> days. Never mind. <laughs> so now, what, I've, what, got a, I've, got, I've got a jockey for you to keep an eye out for, yeah. for the champion jockey. I mean, I know Tom Marquand and, um, you know, we haven't got Oshie Murphy this year, of course. Um, got Holly Doyle, but plenty uh, James Doyle, William Buick or whatever, who was the joint champion jockey last year or dead heat with um with uh, ollie uh, with um 
what's it called? Uh, Oshin Murphy. Oshin Murphy, yeah, Ollie yeah. Murphy. I'm, that's a trainer. Um, no, I tell you what, one, uh, one jockey that's worth just having a sneaky little five or ten pounds on is uh, Sylvestre de Souza. Yeah. He, yeah he, he's now freelance, Aidy, and uh, you know, he, he's sort of severed his job with um, King Power Racing for some reason. They've, they've pushed him onto the side. But he will be banging in the winners this season on the turf. And he, you know, he can go anywhere. So a little bit like Brian Hughes over jumps, Sylvester to Souza can now think, right, it's Royal Ascot, but do you know, I've got six or seven rides at Catrick that have all got better chances than anything I ride at Royal Ascot and go up there and bang the winners in. Yeah. And at 20 to one, he, you might get a bit of 33s about him. It was 33s a couple of days ago. I'm not sure if it's still available, but at a big price, I think he's, well worth having a little look at. So um, that's my sort of, that's my jockey to follow for the year. Um, you know, I think he's a jockey that really could uh, be going places. Now I've got a horse for you next week that runs and is trained by Marcus Tregoning. This is a very, very nice horse and it's called Rib Ribdy. R-I-B- H I Ribti, and um, wherever he runs, he looks in tremendous nick. I think he might go for the European, um, the European Free Handicap at Newmarket next week. If he doesn't go there, I'll probably go to Newbury, maybe for the uh, probably the as you think the Spring Cup or whatever. But he's a very nice horse, working really, really well, and one to keep an eye on. Um, for next week some great racing at Newmarket next week you know there really is and um, get the old Grand National out of the way and get on some proper flat racing if you like that's what people will be saying but do, it's um, you, he is one to keep an eye on Do you feel though that uh, once the Grand National is out of the way that it's really we can really concentrate that on the flat racing because I suppose it's a little bit mixed up isn't it when you get a few flat races and then you've got the Grand National and two other days racing at, at Liverpool it's sort of a bit you know, higgledy piggledy, really, isn't it? If you know what I mean. It, it it is a bit, and actually, one thing we have got out of the way is the Scottish Grand National. Was dad that last weekend? Normally, it's a couple of weeks after the Grand National. So after Grand National, now you've got a bit of fighting out for the championship. You've got the Whitbread Gold Cup, which is now the Bet Fair Chase or whatever they call it, Bet Three Six Five Chase at Sandown, and end of the season for the Jump Jockeys, which ends say on the 26th or 7th and then it begins again about two days later but you know we've got plenty of flat stuff to be looking forward to and of course last uh, last weekend i think we gave a good old mention the ryan moores that won the valley sax stakes at the curra that yeah. won nicely um and aiden o'brien's got plenty of good horses coming forward so yeah no we've got some some good old bit of racing coming up and um and certainly, I think you're absolutely right. What you just said, though, you can sort of put the jumping on the back burner almost, apart mm. from the uh, Whitbread and, and and the concert, the celebration chase. But really, the jumping is over after the um, after after the uh, Grand National, I reckon. Great. Well, thank you very much, Colin. That's that's good. And and just before you go, I have to tell you, uh, yeah, who backed first, second, and third? In the uh, Scottish Grand National, then I think that was me, wasn't it? 
No, it was me. And on hey, that well done. Note, Did you do the new tricast? No, I didn't, unfortunately. But I still, you know, I earned money, so that was yeah. the main thing. And uh, on that note, I thought, well, we better say goodbye until tomorrow, or we're going to talk to you about your tips, are we not? For the weekend, yeah, lovely. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're just getting into it, listeners. Marcus Dragonning's also ripped in what we'll look forward to next week if he goes to the new market. But um, certainly we will um, have much more information as, as we come forward. Do you know, it's just been a little bit cold, the weather, and then frosty and whatever. So people are just hanging on to them a little bit. They haven't really got them out on the grass and let them spin. But in the next week or two, we'll have a few more names for you to, you know, I'm giving you many tonight, but we'll have a few more names for you to sort of follow. Excellent. Okay, then, Colin. Well, thanks for that, mate. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, yeah? Will do. Cheers, Eddie. Bye, listeners. Bye. Bye. Well, that was Colin with his suggestions of horses to look out for on the flat. And, of course, he'll be back in a little while with a few tips as well for the whole weekend. Now it's time for Dave Wilson and Harlequin well, evening, Dave. Um, day one and two of Aintree is gone. It's up to you to come to our rescue on day three, I think. Well, we've had an absolute cracking start to the Aintree Festival. We've, uh, I think we had five winners on uh, day one on the bets that we had, with uh, luckily one of them dead heating and then getting disqualified. But the company we had the bet with, it was first past the post. So we got paid out as a dead heat. So, oh, that was uh, all right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just totally disagree with that decision to disqualify a horse for an interference as it's jumping in the air. Mm. Oh, if that's if that's what the game's going to come to, it'll be like any time over any fence in the race at two horses bump. It'll just be like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, yeah. There you go. Uh, anyway, moving on to Saturday, Grand National Day. We've yeah. got lots and lots of runners to look at, and we've broken the races down. So we're going to have a look at the one forty-five first. Uh, EFT construction handicap hurdle class one grade three event and a horse will be back to Cheltenham uh, Mill Green going to be ridden by Nico de Boyneville and trained by Nicky Henderson as I say we backed this fella up at Cheltenham in the attempts final after Nicky Henderson said to me that he's got a great chance and he come third at 33 to one up there for us and uh during the race, obviously, if I've had a bet, I like to watch a horse I've backed. And it, it got in a bit of trouble in running a couple of times until it got round the home turn at Cheltenham. And then it then it got loose and uh, run very well. It got beat two and a half lengths behind third winner who's re-opposing. But I've got a funny feeling we'd be able to reverse the form with that one if we get a clear run and don't get trapped on the inside fence like some of them have done so far. Yeah. Uh, priced up at around about 13 to 2 in the newspaper when I looked this morning. Uh, it didn't have any betting on there. I haven't had time to check again yet. Well, it's so, 10, uh, it's 10 to 1 a... with, uh, with uh, Paddy Power at the moment, according to cool. my well, computer. So. Yeah, so we'll be having a nice each way bet on that one there. So, uh, in the first race on Saturday at Aintree, we're going with Mill Green, 10 to 1 with Paddy Powers for an each way bet out there. Okay. Moving down to our nap of the day, uh, the 2.25 Emerging Novice Hurdle. Uh, the horse that we fancy here is Free Stripe Life, going to be ridden by uh, David Russell and trained by Gordon Elliott. Only one win uh, over the hurdle so far this fella's got, and it was in a maiden, but he's had three further runs since he won that maiden in Class 1 Grade 1 events, and he's run behind Cigar Hard <laughs> on two occasions, and uh, one of them was at Cheltenham in the Ballymore. Now, I don't think there's too many horses in this race that are going to chase Cigar Hard to three, three lengths in a race at Cheltenham in the Ballymore like uh, Pre-Stripe Life did. 
So I think he's going to have a very good chance of winning this one. So uh, I know David Russell and Gordon Elliott's horses are in form at the moment. They got a disqualified one. And then they had Zanahir, who was running really well until he fell at the last. So obviously the stable's in good form. So we're going to stick with Free Strike Life as our nap of the day in the 2.25 there at Aintree on Saturday. OK, fine. <coughs> Moving down to the three o'clock race, uh, one of our old favourites, Edward Stone. We had numerous wins on him last year and he's won numerous times this year for us as well. Uh, he's going to be around about a four to seven shot in the betting with uh, Tom Tom Cannon and Alan King. And Alan King's stable is in very good form at the moment. So uh, Edward Stone's coming out of there and he's, as I say, he's had five straight wins this year and the only time he got beat was first time out this season when he got brought down and there was absolutely nothing he could do about that. So uh, in the three o'clock there at Aintree, uh, the Poundland Margall Novice Chase, Class 1 Grade 1 race, we're going to go with Edward Stone, even though he is 47. It, it just looks to be uh, a very good professional bet there. Right, OK. Moving down to the 335, the Liverpool Hurdle, Class 1 Grade 1 event. And we've got our favourite in here, Champ, and we're not not going to swerve him. We're going to have a, an each-way bet on him in this race, if he's going to be the price. He was only around 7 or 2 this morning, though, so uh, we'll have to have a look come uh, race day and race time, what sort of price he is, if it's just a win bet or if it'll be an each-way. Now, he cruised a victory first time up this season, and he absolutely cantered past and beat Time Hill in, in the long walk at Asker. And then he's had two below-par runs at Cheltenham, and... Uh, it's just one of those things. I don't know if he's going to come back absolutely bouncing on a, a slower, well, on a faster track where he's got a kick and he hasn't got a heel to climb. But I don't know. It's just a bit of an enigma at the moment, champ. But the one thing that we have noticed is Florian Porter, the favourite here, after he won at Cheltenham uh, last year, he won the Stayers Hurdle. Next time out at Punchestown, he pulled up. Now, I don't know if that was because he put too much effort into the Cheltenham race when he won it last year. So uh, we're going to swerve the floor in Porter. We're going to have a little bet on Champ. And as I say, when you get a horse that's put the effort in like Floor Porter did off the front in the Stayers Hurdle at Cheltenham, he may well be a bit of a spent force coming into this race. It's only 22 days ago that he done that. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But we're going to keep with our uh, favourite, the old Champ boy. Okay, fair enough. Down to the 4.15 race, uh, the Betway Handicap Chase, Class 1 Grade 3 event, and uh, Jack Tudor and Christian Williams team up in this one with uh, Cap Du Nord. And he's coming off the back of winning the Coral Trophy at Kempton, and he won that very easily there. And uh, Christian Williams uh, obviously used to work with Paul Nichols before he set out as a trainer on his own right. He's won so many big races, including the Scottish Grand National this year. And uh, he won the Ida on the same day that Captain Nord won the Coral Trophy at Kempton. All the big, big three-mile chases are going in, into the stables of Christian Williams at the moment. And Captain Nord, although he's up about £10, I think he is, in the weights, for this run, I think he's got a fantastic chance because when he won that race at the Coral Trophy at Kempton, I was there and he certainly wasn't all out to win that race and he's certainly got some more in the tank and the way the stable's performing, he looks well worth having a nice bet on. I think he's priced up around about 8-1 to one with William Hills when I had a look this morning and we're suggesting each way bet there but most of the brave hearted, they can have a win bet on him but we certainly think that Captain Nord will go well in the 4-15. 
Okay, fair enough. Moving down to the big race of the day, uh, the 515, the Grand National, obviously it's a class one grade three event, and the horse that we backed straight away when he'd done it at Cheltenham was Delta Work. The way he beat Tiger Roll tells me that he's got a fantastic engine in there. And when I've reviewed the race and watched him, he jumped as well as Tiger Roll does and he travelled as well as Tiger Roll did. And then when Tiger Roll went on, just coming into the final furlong, he left Delta Work about a length behind and he just fought back and got himself back into the race and won it. But the notable fact is that the pair of them was 21 lengths clear of the horse that was in third. And that is some distance in a in a race of that grade. And Tiger Roll, as we know, he's won a couple of Grand Nationals there. And uh, Delta Work managed to steam past him and pick him off in the closing stages. If he comes out and reproduces that form, he's going to be very, very hard to beat. So here's our number one bet in the race. And there's three others that we like. Uh, the Russia County... Um, Here's one that we noted. He was running up until... He's had one run this year and two out at Newbury last time. He was neck and neck with Clanders Oboe, who's already come out and won at the Century Festival. Now, he fell away after that, but obviously it was his first run of the year. It was over a trip that didn't suit him, and it was in conditions that didn't suit him as well. So we think Derasha County's going to have a very good each-way chance in there, and he's trained by Emma Lavelle. And she also saddles up a Claire Surf. And we think that one's got a nice each way chance as well from uh, Harriet, one, Harriet Run behind uh, Wing the Wings in a, in a race earlier in the season. And uh, it, it wasn't too far behind Wing the Wings who come out and won the Scottish Grand National. So if he takes to the fences at entry, a Claire Surf's going to have a, a good chance there. And the third one of our each way bets is Phoenix Way, trained locally by Harry Fry. Now, this fella was in was in the big race, uh, Captain Ord won the uh, Coral Trophy at Kempton. Now, unfortunately, he was at the back of the field. He took one fence, no problem. And when he got to the second fence, the horse went straight across him and took his front legs out. So he had no chance. He'd literally done a somersault in the air as he landed. Now, Harry Fry's had the vets over him. He'd done an interview on TV about it on the racing TV channel earlier this week and the horse is absolutely firing i really like the chances of him each way as well and uh it'd be fantastic if harry fry could get a winner of the grand national his very first attempt at it and kevin brogan is going to be the jockey on board and it's going to be his first ever ride in the grand national as well and i think it'll be uh the first one in the oval area very local to the oval that'll be a grand national winner as well so we'll, we'll certainly be having a bit of a party if that happens so that's a four four the Grand National, we've got Delta Work, Clare Surf, the Russia County, and Phoenix Way, the local horse. So that's 515 for me there. Okay, fine. Moving down to the last race on the card, the 620, the Weatherby's National Hunt Flat Race, Class 1 Grade 2 event. And a horse that I liked the looks of last week when I see him running on TV was Leave of Absence. Joshua Moore is going to be taking a ride for Chris Gordon. Now, this fella's only had two runs in his life, uh, plus a point to point, and he's absolutely booted him both times. He hasn't even had to move a muscle or shake a rein at him so far. And as I say, he ran last week, seven days ago, and he's got a very big engine and he's not even 
as you say, been woken up off the bridle yet. So I think he'll have a very good chance in this one. And uh, he's going to be an each-way bet there. I don't know what price he was, because when I've done the write-up, it was only a paper price of 10 to 1, but I expect he's going to be a, be around about that price anyway. So we'll have an each-way bet on leave of absence in the last race, Sarah. OK, lovely job, Dave. Thank you very much indeed. No problems, mate. I hope everyone has a nice day. And remember, only bet what you can afford. OK, then, Dave, we'll speak to you soon. Now we're going to catch up with Colin Brown again for his... Well, evening, Colin. Back again for a second dose, eh? Oh, my God. How are you? Are you all right? Uh, yeah, I'm a bit better than I was earlier, so that's all right. I had a winner today, so uh, that all helps, oh, doesn't it? it? Improves the mood. Absolutely. Yeah. It does indeed. Yeah. At, um, you know, when you when you kick it and have a winner or two, it's good. I had a winner, and then a couple of thirds, one jockey dropped his stick. And, as you know, I'm not a big fan of whipping horses, but... He's a bit of a lazy old horse. He made a lot of progress to come into the race. And if he'd had a little tap just to say, come on, then, let's go win it, I think he would. But the jockey dropped his stick about three out. So Are we couldn't. talking so about... there we go. Um, what was that one? That was... Uh, what was it called? Come Paul Bay. Yeah, that's right. Paul Bay in the Fox Yeah, office. I backed it. That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I think right. it would have. I think it would have gone close, closer. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah Some still... horses will just explain because we don't want you listeners thinking we're whip happy jockeys and whatever. You know, some horses these these whips are literally they're made of. You know, they're very light, and and you can literally hit yourself down the leg. It doesn't hurt, but it's just that look giving them a little bit of encouragement, and that little flick, and it makes a little bit of a, yeah. a noise. You know. Yeah. Get some going, and um, yeah, that would have um, that would have won. I never mind. Never Let's mind indeed. Forward, not backwards. Yeah. So we're going to Thursk to start uh, with, are we? Thursk. Have you ever been there? Uh, no, no, I've never been there. Where is it? Yorkshire, isn't it? Is it somewhere up there? York. Yeah, just off the A1. Yeah. Uh, Thursk. Um, in the uh, two forty on Saturday at yeah. Thursk. So the 240 AD up at first, there's a horse called Lutus Sarbeck running, and it's trained by Charlie Hills. It was a good winner at Haydock last year on good ground. Um, it ran not too far behind the goose, and a horse called Lavender's Blue at Goodwood. And I think it will start off in this Michael Foster condition stakes race by winning with Jim Crowley in the saddle. Jim Crowley should I say, in the saddle. Some pretty competitive racing up at Thirst. I will just remind your listeners that if you're back in horses at Thirst and, you know, they're on the round course, which is like seven and six furlongs races, um, you do need a horse that's drawn um, quite low because tight old bend and difficult to get round. In the next race at uh, 3.15, I think King of Jungle can win. It's around about four to one shot. Ed Walker trains it. And Ed's horse is in good form. He's got a lot of horses. Um, nicely bred. It won at Kempton. Just got touched off at Wolverhampton. Probably track was too sharp for him. But probably hitting the turf for the first time in the 3.15, I think I can see that one winning. Okay. Um, where are we? Where are we? Let's have a look at the next race. Um in the um, Kevin Ryan doesn't often go there without having a winner. And there's a horse that's been doing well over hurdles this year called Dr. Parnassus. And Kevin Ryan runs a horse in the 350 called Forza Orta. So that's three to one. 
and it's, uh, I think, got a really good chance. It won at Hamilton, beating Dr. Parnassus. It was beaten six lengths um, by Osman in a decent race at Leicester, and uh, I think it will take a bit of beating. So that's my next selection. Okay. Uh, Water. And they're my only selections there. And I, from now, we'll go from Bangor, uh, onto Bangor, should I say, and have a little look at the Bangor racing. And then we'll get across to Newcastle. And then we'll concentrate on the big one, the Grand National Meeting up at Aintree. Righty-ho. So, Bangor it is. Exciting stuff, Bangor it is. Um, let me just go back. Um, yeah, Bangor it is. Um I beg your pardon. There we are. I've got it now. Um, Bangor it is. Yeah, we've got a uh, some decent old race in there, actually. We've got a Weatherby's uh, NH Stallions Handicap Chase at 2.33. Now, if I was riding at Bangor, I'd be sick as a parrot cause I'd, or even uh, Newcastle because I'd want to be up at Aintree. You know, jockeys on the whole don't want to be riding here. But, you know, you've got to put up with it sometimes and um, that's the way it is. I think... Um, our mess or win there, the four, the 233, ridden by David Noonan. Good jockey, David. Um, pretty well handicapped. He won four of 31 races. He was second the other day. Um, and Henry Oliver, I think, has gotten to the right side of the handicap. He was a horse that um, actually, what's the name, uh, had uh, um, Darry Moore, our mess. And, you know, he used to carry a fair bit of weight. You know, he's quite well up in the handicap. He's dropped about 22 pounds. So I think he'll win. Our mess in the 2.33 at Bangor on D. Okay. All right. Um, what's on to the next one um, at Bangor? You know, Brian Hughes, who's going to be champion jockey this year, and not even got a ride in the Grand National. Amazing, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. Very surprising. If it were Ryan Moore or um, Frankie Victoria or someone... James Dore, Tom Marquand, Ollie Dore. They'd all have a ride in the Derby. Mm. But it's quite amazing. Anyhow, I don't suppose he's worried if he rides a winner or two there. I think he'll probably win the 308 or score Daranova. And it's trained uh, by um, Mr. Hanmer. And it's been running some good races against another one that's quite well handicapped. Trotting about £10 in the handicap. And that's what you've got to look out for in these races because they're the sort of horses that go on and win again. Um, right, we are now going to move, if that's all right with you, up to Newcastle. Indeed. And yeah. Newcastle. Yeah, great track. I love Newcastle. Okay. Love going to Newcastle. I really do. And up there, there's some quite um, competitive racing, if you like. And... Um, there's a horse. <coughs> There's also two here that um, in these these novice hurdles that that have got no chances of these sort of getting handicaps. When they get handicap marked, then they can start thinking about winning with them because some of them are just backward horses that can't go forward and win. You know, a uh, a novice hurdle. But once they get in the handicaps, they're getting a stone from things they might have met in novice hurdles. They got a bit of a chance then, you know. Yeah. So yeah. in. In, yeah, in the in the one o'clock race there, um, horse, horse, um, 
git maker and it's ridden there's snowden trains it and it's uh is it named after you it might have been i'm not sure it runs no, at one o'clock there's definitely a bit of a <laughs> <Yeah>. git <laughs> it runs in the one o'clock in newcastle it's called git maker gav Sheen rides now gavin would rather be riding the national but you know he hadn't got a ride so you've got to make the best of what you've um yeah. you know got to work with so that's just the way it goes i'm afraid yeah get maker a win the one o'clock at newcastle i think right. um right two on two flicking through i've done the card a little earlier on just flicking on to now um <clears throat> the 50 that's handicap early over two miles so they'll be doing a little bit of a little bit of a rock and roll there and i think i can see a horse that's gradually coming down the handicap called brief times with it neil mulholland rides uh, runs it uh trains it and james best takes the ride so that's the one i like uh brief times in the 250 there at newcastle um the king of may brian allison not many times brian allison goes ellison goes to newcastle that i'm a winner and I think it's also the King of May when the 325 is ridden by uh, Sean Quinlan. Um, his horse is owned by some good store owners of this, Philip and Julie Martin. Second the other day at Carlisle, before that, second at um, Sedgefield. And it is just come down the handicap a few pounds and I get with the King of May in the 325 there at um, Newcastle. Okay. Right. Let's go for the big one at Aintree. Okay, hang on a minute. Let's get the card in front of me. Right, okay. You starting from the top? I am starting from the top. The 145. Yeah, what a race. The 145 is. Um, local trainer Huey Morrison runs a horse called Third Win that I don't think would be far away. It won the per attempts at the Cheltenham Festival. Um and um, you know a few of the other runners here today uh, ran behind him that day, um, but I think it will take a little bit of getting past. I'll be really honest, and um, yeah, I think I think he could easily win again. He's a pretty good horse, third win, and his half brother won today at Taunton or on Thursday, should I say, at Taunton? But he's got real good form. He's gone up five pounds, which is fair. And I think he'll win. Third win in the 145 on Saturday. Mersey Novices Hurdle. Well, this is a good race. There's a couple of 200 to 1 shots in the race, but there's a couple of decent ones as well, including Three Stripe Life. Gordon um, Elliott trains Davy Russell um, rides. It was second in the Ballymore uh, to Sir Gerhardt, uh, which was a pretty good run. There's a horse called Stage Star that ran, pulled up in that particular race, but runs again. But there's a horse trained by Harry Fry that's owned by a great friend of mine that I'm going to give a little each way chance to, and it's called Might I. And he was set third to John Bombay and four lengths at Haydock, and he was second to um, he was second to um, Constitution Hill, not beaten far. At well, he was beaten about 14 lengths, so that was a good run at um 
Sandown Park. I think he's got a real good chance. OK. Well, I'm sure if he came second to Constitution Hill, that's pretty good form at all. So, uh, yeah. Absolutely. The Margot um, Novice Chase should go to Edward Stone. He won well at... Um, although I tried to get him beaten, he went, won well at Cheltenham. But you have to respect um, Mullins' horse, Gentleman Demi, um, because I think he's a horse that uh, is a little bit of an improver. So you'd have to respect him. But I think Edward Stone up in the three o'clock there at Aintree. Right. In the in the 3.35, you'd have to say that if he's all right, Flooring Porter should probably win again. But to be honest, I think... Um, Hobbs's horse would be better suited by the ground because it, although that had been a rain today, you know, on Thursday, if it carries on drying out, I think it would be sort of good, good to soft Saturday. So I'm going to go the time hill in the 3.35, the Liverpool hurdle. And uh, Hobbs's horse de- deserves, you know, a big race win. And this could be the one. OK. Uh, on to the 4.15... This is the one before the Grand National. Although pulled up at Cheltenham, there's a horse called Grumpy Charlie who's a bit better than a lot of these. I think he will go very close to winning the 4.15 there at, um, at Liverpool. Um, along with a horse that's a little bit disappointing, you don't say, called Andrew Mill, but I don't think he'll be far away this time uh, in the same race at about 20 to 1. They're both about 20, 25 to 1. Right. Now, the, the, the big one, the Grand National, I rode it nine times, only finished seventh once, I should think. My my mum used to push my kids around the village to even watch the replay. So I don't know about Ma- Mary back in the day. I think she sat there and watched it. She didn't mind. She loves her racing, too, so, yeah. but my mum didn't really. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, she didn't want to see her little boy fall and hurt himself. No, that's right. But she wouldn't even watch the video, Mary, so I don't know. She, mm. I should have got Mary and have a word with her back in the day. But there we go. Um, no, in the Randox Grand National, I think the big chances, there's three or four in here. Well, they've all got chances. But um, horses like um, Lost in Translation, I think you met, mentioned him the other yeah. day, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. He's been a disappointing horse, but he could just come right and win a Grand National at 66 to 1. He's a massive price. Yeah. I think any second, I think any second now has got a fair chance. He won at Fairy House last time out, and that was the Bobby Joe chase, and there was only four runs, but he won it. And he was third last year. Um, easy land, but disappointing. Manella Times won it last year, 15 pounds more on his back. He's been disappointing. I think the best horse in the race is probably Delta, Work who, of course, beat Tiger Roll. He should never run him against Tiger Roll because it would have been lovely to see Tiger Roll win. Having said that, he beat Tiger Roll. And in my opinion, Tiger Roll should have been running today. You know, all right, he's owned by O'Leary, but you know, he's the people's horse. It would yeah. be lovely to see him run in the Grand National, but there we go. Um, and a good mate of mine has got a ride in the Grand National, uh, for his granddad actually. And, um, He's a guy called Hugh Nugent, and he's a good rider. Hugh, he doesn't get the chance he deserves, but it's called Fortescue, 33 to 1, number 40. He's going to be my tentative uh, outsider each way. 
My other outsider each way is going to be Dizelba, at 100 to 1, uh, Philip Hobbs. With all the betting companies, you know, you can put it on each, go, go onto your app, look up the top, Grand National, right to the top, look up each way extra, and back horses to finish in the first seven. You're not going to get 100 to 1 about Dizelba, but um, you'll get maybe 40s or 33s or so. So that's that. Uh, Snow Leopardus. Imagine if that one, the Charlie Longston, owned by um, Alice Plunkett. And, um, you know, quite amazing, really, uh, Fox Pixels, bred by his mum. There's some great fairy stories um, that could be in this race. But I think, you know, looking back at it, I think the best horse in the race is probably Tell to Work this year. And he's got a big chance. A horse that's got a great record in it. Uh, as much as like he, he ran well in it last year, as any second there won't be far away. You like Austin Translation. I'm going to go for those two. I'm going to go, um, go Delta Work any second now. My two big outsiders are going to be De Selva and Fortescue. Okay, fine. I haven't got an opinion in the last race. There's nothing there that really hits me in the face. I right. did my money on Thursday by backing a couple that I thought could just be okay um but i'm not going to take that chance this time i'm going to bail out after the national and hopefully be sipping a few glasses of champagne um having tipped up the first four what do you think of number 13 in the national yeah santini um yeah well he's the horse i like the gold cup you know it was funny the other day I mean, he's also I liked in the Gold Cup. He ran quite well in the previous Gold Cup. He just got beaten, didn't he, by um, not Abu Target, the other one. Um, oh gosh, what, uh, I can't remember the called now. But um, and now, I mean, he's got some. He's got some great form in the past. Um, yeah. You know, and I wouldn't. Put any, I wouldn't put anybody off him to be perfectly honest. Well, no, it's obviously <laughs> you know uh, here at Three Valleys Radio, we've obviously got a. Not a vested interest, but we just basically want our man Nick Schofield to win, and uh, he rides it as you know. Yeah. But um, it, yeah. it's, it's got the yeah. caliber, hasn't it? It's just a question of whether he can come back and win a race like this. But I just wonder what you thought. That was all. Now, at this point, the line went awfully bad, so Colin didn't get a chance to say goodbye. So I'll say it for him. Goodbye, listeners. Thank you for listening, and join us again next week.